Today on Sagittarian Matters, yelling at men in public, viral tweets, and a vegan quarantine food extravaganza with my very special guests, Michelle T and friend to the show, Morgan. Stay tuned. Sagittarian Matters, Sagittarian Matters, what's the Hello from the Sagittarian Matters Social Distancing Studio in Los Angeles, California. Listeners, a lot has changed in one week. This time last week, I did not record a long intro to the podcast because I was feeling defeated, deflated, and pretty sad after having an incident in the street with some of my neighbors, specifically men not wearing masks. This week, I come to you as a candidate for the office of president of the United States of America. How did this happen? Well, I'm going to tell you on today's podcast. I was on the phone with friend of the show, Michelle T, and she said, Nicole, can you please tell me about how you went viral this week and what is up with this incident? And I said, Michelle, I would love to tell you, may I please record it for the podcast? She said, yes. And so that is what I'm putting forth to you. A caveat is when I get loose and free with Michelle T, I use the word like a lot, a lot, a lot. I might say it about 7 million times more than I do in my normal life. If you don't like it, I'm sorry. Just kidding. If you don't like it, you can sue me. I'll see you in court. But I just wanted to give you a little expectation management. A couple other things I want to say. One is that because of this incident, which you'll learn about, I got a message from a very special senior citizen who I thought I might be like when I get a little bit older, but I was feeling like her this week. Her name is Lily Hayes. Lily Hayes lives with her son. He documents her antics for Instagram. She is often angry. She is also often in costumes such as Beetlejuice or No Face from Spirited Away. I reached out to her, and she also is really into people wearing masks in public, as most of the senior citizens I know are. I'm going to play the audio here, but she said to me, This girl's my kind of woman. I wish it was me, honey. I'd show this motherfucker if he didn't have a mask, that piece of shit. But you did good. I love you. I wish you the best. Next time you'll be me. I don't know if she meant that as I get to be like her in the future or next time she would be with me, but... If she had my back, you just need to look her up. She's incredible. This girl is my kind of woman. I wish it was me, honey. I'll show this motherfucker that he doesn't have a mess piece of shit. You know? But you did good. I love you. I wish you the best. Next time will be me. Yes. Nicole, you went viral this week. What happened? Well, how, how are you all over Twitter as like anonymous uh, yelling pandemic girl? <laughs> <laughs> we didn't think that my life would go this way, but <laughs> you know, my my nature, myself, uh, went viral this week. <clears throat> okay, Michelle, picture it, Sicily, twenty twenty. It's a pandemic. I. So this time last week, I went to walk producer Ponyo in my neighborhood so that uh-huh. she could get a little exercise. Just for people that aren't familiar, Ponyo has one eye. The one that's there isn't that good. 
So essentially, I'm wa- let's say I'm walking my blind, one-eyed dog, just trying to stretch her little legs, you know? Yeah. Giving her some the gift of some smells. And I'm walking on the street. I'm walking on the sidewalk. And I see a man walking at a brisk pace towards me. And like a power walking, sort of? Like I a think, mall walk? I can't remember if he, because there were so many of them. It's hard for Yeah, like a mall walk. Like okay. a brisk mall walk with no, no mask and no sense of stopping. Like there was no pause. There was no, I see you, which one of us is going to duck out of the way. It was just like right. a strong walk forward. Oh and God. so my current strategy is to just reroute myself mm-hmm. and go the other way. Because, yeah. you know, I'm like, okay, what's in my control right now? Uh, yeah. I'm just going to change my whole thing. So I turned around to walk the other way. And then behind me was two men walking towards me at a similarly brisk pace. No, no understanding that anybody was going to move. Okay. With no, they had no masks on either? No. Oh my God. We're going mask free here. And so then I'm like, it all over Silver Lake. yeah. So then I'm like, okay, I'm going to jump into the bike lane now to, uh, protect myself from the germ clouds that are about to erupt. And so I go to step into the bike lane, but to be clear, like, I think like one out of, let's see, how many people did I encounter on this? Two, four, like six people. I think at least two of them were wearing masks. Oh my God. (laughs) But I don't know which. So I jump into the bike lane and, um, I can't get into the street because there's a car coming. So in the bike Uh lane, I start going and there's a cyclist coming at me. He is wearing a mask, but he's not moving either. And so then I turn around to get away from the cyclist. And then there's two men jogging at me without masks. No. Oh, my God. So there's nowhere for me to go. And then at the last minute, as the car clears where I am, I freak out and I scream Get away from me! And then I, in between cars, I run into the street. And he, as I'm running away from them, I yell, fuck all of you! This is appropriate. Is it appropriate? This it's an appropriate response to feeling like there's, like, clouds of, like, deadly um, germs coming at you by, like, entitled let me guess, like cisgendered white dudes oh my God. not wearing masks in Silver Lake, Los Angeles, California. You really, you really are a psychic. They were cisgendered <laughs> white dudes, Michelle. <laughs> when thinking of no one but their right to walk, you know, unmasked through the world, exuding their, their, their bad germs, their potential. Ugh. I just, I feel like, you know, what's the point of me? being isolated alone in my home for six weeks, bleaching myself every 10 seconds. (laughs) If the minute I walk outside, like everybody else who has a smartphone, I'm pretty sure has read the news and read the mayor's (laughs) request that we all wear masks. And they're all pretending like they're just whistling Dixie. Oh my God. So It's like, if I'm going to get COVID then I want to go out and just like make out with someone. Yeah, you know I, mean? I don't want to get COVID because I've like somebody doesn't know how to like put a mask on when they leave the house and they come jogging at my face. No, so I felt crazy in this moment. I felt like I was doing everything I could to try and keep myself safe and keep the community safe. And despite all my best efforts, I was thwarted. And like, certainly I had a conversation with someone after this. That's like, what does that remind you of from your childhood? And I was like, okay, fair point. 
fair enough. And I'm, you know, a woman under pressure. So I screamed at them. I felt bad about it. I was like, that's not me. You know, I don't lose control like that. That's like me as a teenager. That's Nicole 1.0. That's like Nicole beta t- beta version. I'm at Nicole 4.0, approaching 40 years old. Like, I'm not a rager like that anymore. Ugh, this is a weird time, though. It's like, it's really hard to keep it together. Everyone is like strained and stressed and like managing anxiety and just like navigating like massive unknowns and like terrible news stories. It's just like, it's not a normal day. It's not a normal day. It reminds me of when Ponyo first went blind, like when she went all the way blind before she had surgery. And I took her to the dog park and a dog started attacking her and I lost it. And I yeah. like screamed at the dog. I was like, she's blind! Yeah. <laughs> I was, like, yelling as I left the dog park, she's blind! <laughs> it felt like that, but it was for me and Ponyo. I was like, fuck you! Oh, appropriate it's not like you get like some sort of certificate at the end of your life for like not having freaked out during a freak out situation you know what i mean like let it rip like what's who cares i guess you're right i mean who's gonna judge me like my plants in my house well yeah so michelle i was gonna die with this information i was feeling so much shame but then also like sadness and like I just was feeling very defeated by the world and by my efforts to stay a whole person amidst this crisis that I like, I couldn't get it up to like record an introduction for the podcast that week. I texted producer Chris and I was like, there's no long intro this week because for the Eileen Miles episode, who I love, um, Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, I can do her, I can do their bio, I can do the intro to their episode, but like... I can't do a long introduction where I just wax poetic about what's on my mind because I just felt yeah. too tired and sad. And yeah, so I thought, I was like, I'll die with this information. My friends don't need to know that I'm a raving lunatic. Um, <laughs> and then the next day I woke up and this had gone viral. Let me see if I can find the tweet to read to you. Um, this had gone viral. I saw this in my feed because by this point it had gotten hundreds of thousands of likes. Oh, my God. A nearby man witnessed me yelling at our neighbors, and he said, saw a girl crossing the street to avoid two runners without masks, then get boxed in by yet another runner without a mask in the bike lane, and she just screamed, fuck all of you, and I want her to be president. I mean, that is really appropriate. (laughs) That is really appropriate. I I mean, I would have, had I seen that too, I would have been like, how can I make that girl my best friend? Hmm. Yeah. Like a rebel girl moment? Yeah, definitely. And I, I I don't know. I'd like to think I would have checked in with you, but who knows? Maybe I would have been a little scared of you also. <laughs> well, yeah, he definitely <laughs> didn't check in with me. Yeah. Um, so by this tweet, Michelle, yeah. got, I don't, I haven't checked it today, but as of the other day, it had like 320,000 likes. Are you kidding me? Like almost like a, like over a quarter of a million likes and like 30,000 retweets. Um, and so I saw this tweet and I was like, that's me. I was like, this, this tweet came from Los Angeles. This, oh the timing sets up. This is. I mean, what, what, would the, what would the chances be that there's another screaming girl? <laughs> with my, I mean, actually, probably a really good chance. Well, I thought that too, but I was like, this is definitely me. And I kind of recognize that guy. Like he has very distinct eyebrows. And so. Yeah. I DM'd him. Well, I tweeted. I said, you know what? I accept the nomination. 
you know. Oh my God. Thank you for appreciating and noticing my presidential uh, qualities. And <laughs> I accept the nomination. I am the only one, I guess, you know, I'm the only candidate that hasn't sexually assaulted people that I know of <laughs> currently. Anyway, so yes. um, I wrote to him and I said, that's me. And he was like, oh, cool. Um, well, just so you know, I, I was really on your side. I support you. Those guys are so obnoxious. And I was like, okay. And then that was it. And then I, I just, I saw the tweet getting more and more likes. And I had that, I had that petty moment of being like, okay, like I understand that my dog's always going to get more likes than my life's work. Like I've come to terms (laughs) with that. But the fact that a stranger can report on me and then he can get like half a million likes for so like his name can be like a household name for a minute and meanwhile oh i'm like God. this nameless screaming person so i i wrote to him and i was like can you at least i guess can you share a link to my books since this is blown up and <laughs> like i'm actually a real person <laughs> i just was like i just need something to come of this besides like oh you're anonymously you're anonymously beloved as someone who can't keep it together right um, so I had him post like a meme. Basically you're a meme. I'm a meme. I'm a, I'm a nameless meme. So I asked him yeah. to, and he did. And that got me, that got like 14 likes, um, which is <laughs> fine. He posted it. That was very nice of him. Uh, and anyway, so that's the story, but I want to, I had a little bit of like, oh my God, the police are coming for me. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I had a, I had a moment. You know how, like, as a woman in the world, I think every woman knows this feel like you understand that sexism exists all the time. Yes. It exists in our lives all the time. Structurally, it's there all the time. It may have something to do with where any of us are in our lives, with our careers, with our relationships, like with how we're socialized, like everything has to do with sexism. If you really, if you really think, same thing with homophobia and depending on, depending on your marginalizations, you could really go down that rabbit hole of really just chewing on it every day, all day, because it just is there. Yes. Um, but for me to keep sane-ish, I have to just let that bone go and be like, okay, yes and. Yeah. What else? Totally. Yeah. But this, totally. this week I had this moment where I was thinking about men telling women's stories and that legitimizing women's stories. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about, and this is not a one-to-one, but I was thinking about how when all those women came out about Harvey Weinstein, mm-hmm. people blacklisted them and said they were crazy. Yeah. And how when Ronan Farrow, bless him, he does great work. Yeah. But when Ronan Farrow came out and said, here are these women's stories as told through my like handsome, privileged white man filter, <laughs> people were like... <laughs> I'm going to stand up and take notice to this. Yeah. <laughs> no, say, say what now? He's not a great guy. <laughs> and it just felt like I, I've been, I've been harping. I've been thinking about that ever since I listened to Ronan Farrow's podcast and was reading his articles. And I was like, he's done great work, but wow, wouldn't it be great if people had listened to the women in the first place? <laughs> and not that I have some like platform that I've been trying to push about runners without masks, but just, <laughs> I had the feeling that if I had just tweeted, like, I harshed out on some men in my neighborhood, it wouldn't have gone quite as far or been quite as widely loved as this man signing off on me doing this. I mean, that is 100% true. 
that's a hundred percent true. There's just, I mean, it, it's like, I don't know, like women's anger is so like, it's kind of caricatured or, um, I mean, it's made cute in this way. It was kind of made cute in a way. And it is funny. I mean, it, it, there is like, you know, undeniable, like, like, a like it's, it's, it's great to imagine some girl like wigging out. Um, during this stressful time, like saying what so many of us want to say. I mean, I think that's part, part of why it went viral. Is it like we all see like it's so hard to follow the quarantine, but we're doing it. And when we see people who aren't, it's just so enraging, <laughs> um, you know. But yeah, I mean, it's basically like you were vetted, you know, so that like your anger like was like within the margins of like, I guess, acceptability on some level. And I mean, I think me being white also... Oh, like 100%. plays into that. Oh my God, yeah, and you're cute. You're white. I mean, I'm, all of these things. I'm 100 gender conforming. Yeah, all those, all of it, all of those things play into like the acceptability of me screaming at, in public. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, the people in my neighborhood. Oh my God, it is. It's a privilege to scream in public, which is sad because everyone should be screaming in public pretty much all the time. Oh my God, it's just like every year. Well, in Portland, where I would see SantaCon. Just like <laughs> drunk white people in the streets. Up <laughs> well, same thing with goddamn St. Patrick's Day, where I just had a minute being like, if any of these people were people of color that I saw like falling over cars in the street yelling ho, 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 yeah. this would be a very different scene. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, yes. I wanted to say that. And I want to say, if I haven't disparaged my neighbors yet, I want to say that the people running without masks on are a bunch of like, Fire Festival wannabe, like <laughs> delegates of Coachella. That oh, this is so dark. It's that's my neighborhood. Yeah. Um, and I just wanted to get that in there in case get my neighbors didn't dislike me enough. And Let's just really know the the people you're talking about here. And lastly, I just want to say, um, I just want to say that. If you see a woman on the street in a tough position, consider intervening in some way, even if you're scared of her, intervening on her behalf. Especially if you're scared of her. There have just been multiple times where I've been yelled at or harassed or attacked by men in public, and every man around the vicinity has done nothing except for be like, whoa, bummer, and... You know, offer their shoulder later. And in the moment, I just want to say, I know it takes a lot of bravery. I know it takes things happen so fast. It takes a lot of like being in the moment. But if you can intervene on a person's behalf, if you see them like getting boxed in, if you see them upset in public, whatever, like if you have that position of privilege and power and you see that going down, just consider it. Is I guess my message, my message from this is not, I hate everyone exercising. My message from this is, Wear a mask so you can save someone's grandma's life who you've never even met. And, like, if you see something happening in public, do something about it if you can muster the bravery and you have that privilege in space. Yes. Yes to all of that. That would have made the whole situation so different for you. Oh, my God. I would have been like, then a hero comes along. (laughs) (laughs) Or he and I could have been become a crime fighting team, and the crime. Oh my god! Right? Like, who knows what could have happened? Just like we see couples exercising together, taking up the sidewalk, we <laughs> we fight, we break them up right there, then and there. Um. Oh my god! 
Michelle, thank you for talking to me about this. I just... It's my pleasure. You're the greatest. Thanks, my friend. I I mean, I don't know anyone more deserving of going viral, even with all of its complications. Oh, my God. I have to tell you one more thing, which is a couple days later, I went to Trader Joe's. And the people inside Trader Joe's, the fellow like Coachellan hipster people who like uh-huh. don't understand what two feet is, let alone six feet. I was oh having to God. do weird like copayera leg movements, like <laughs> kicking the air around me so that they wouldn't get close to me because people were trying to sneak by me as I was waiting for senior citizens to make their refrigerated selections. Are you kidding me? People, I. I just can't Listen, believe it's only a matter of time before you you were destined to go viral for this if you're doing air kicks in Trader Joe's BT dubs like this was just a matter of time thanks Michelle thanks I'm I didn't think that this would be what would put my name on the map uh and or get me doxxed um but I, I know I, I had to tell my neighbor I was like uh just so you know that tweet went viral so we might get doxxed and murdered now I don't know oh my God, that is hilarious. All right. Michelle, thanks for coming on the podcast. I appreciate you. Always a pleasure, Nicole. Always here for you. Morgan is a frequent contributor to Sagittarian Matters. She is also a longtime vegan baker and the former purveyor of Dovetail Bakery. Morgan loves salads and beans more than I can say, and she joined me with recipes for fruit crumble, vegan gravy, curry, vegetable broth, Corona beans, homemade chili oil, treating a baked potato like a sandwich, and so much more. Please enjoy my talk with friend to the show, Morgan. Morgan, welcome back to Sagittarius Matters. I feel welcome. It's been a minute. Um, Okay, so in the viral, my viral corner wants to talk about sourdough bread today. That it's like, um, you know, the badge of honor. Okay, if I had to to pick two, like, emblematic foods of COVID-19 2020, uh, sourdough bread and then cinnamon rolls. And don't get me wrong, I love a cinnamon roll. But I don't want to see any more pictures of sourdough bread. People that um, just have never cared to uh, bake a thing, which super happy that they are baking, Um, but, like, you know, I just like, you know, that's fine. Your ugly, dense bread is like totally fine with me. Mine's ugly as hell. Don't get me wrong. There's like hardly a hole in there. It's a sad little, okay, but the outside looks great. But um, I'm just like, you know, you baked one loaf. Don't don't go patting yourself on the back too hard. You had 18 hours to spare and you made one loaf of bread. Like <laughs> the pioneer woman applauds you or whatever that lady's show is called. Um but I did, I did bake my own. It was totally mediocre. There's certain <laughs> things where it's like, okay, I have another theory related to this. The simpler the ingredients list, the more elaborate the process is, and the more likely it's going to turn out terribly. So when you're like, it's only got two ingredients. This is no problem. It's great. I've got flour that I like punch someone out the store for, and I've got water <laughs> in the sink. I'm going to be a bread baker. I'm like, this is like hundreds and hundreds of years of tradition like there's a reason that like you know people dedicate generations of their families lives to this it's there's a real skill to it why, like, why are you yucking their yum they're just having a good time i know i know and i'm like everyone's baking it's like my dream come true why am i mad about it i'm not really mad but i'm just like you know what you know what like 
I don't want to see any more pictures of a steamy loaf sliced in half and split open so I can see its interior. Like, I don't <laughs> want to. Just eat your bread and shut up. Did it taste good? I don't care. Here's here's my theory. The corner is closed. <laughs> I have one thing I want to say. Okay, I don't have a sourdough starter. I'm having SOMO, sourdough, fear of missing out. Um, because I, I would like to eat some sourdough toast. Do I want to learn how to make bread? No. It takes like 72 hours to make even the like most minimal amount of sourness in your loaf. And it, it feels like having a pet. I already have a pet. This is why I don't grow kombucha parents, kombucha mothers, kombucha, kombucha brothers. Like this is <laughs> Kombucha others if we're really yeah. English. I've got a dog. I've got a couple plants. Is it's, that it's, not it's a-, like a Tamagotchi? It's like it needs a lot of tending. You gotta like scooch it up. It looks like it's wearing a diaper because you're kind of creating this like you know dough diaper that you're like scooching around, you know. And then like great, you spent eighteen hours. You have a loaf of bread. Like cool, you got a loaf of bread. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, my theory is that people, it's like they had a baby kind of because they're raising it up like a son, and then when they bake it, there's like. The, like, spark of life where it's, like, they had a baby. Like, they, like, created this beautiful thing that looks very bread-like from... It does feel like a baby's butt. Yeah, like, from this lump of whatever. And it's probably a moment of great pride where, like, yeah. look, we just spent, like, a week and a half on this sour shit. <laughs> Literally. And, look, it looks like a loaf of bread. And I made it. Me. Yeah, <laughs> Me. Me, not Baker. I made this. I think it's great. I just think that like um it's become like uh the status symbol of, you know, Lesbianism. I don't know. Yeah, and like working from home or something, you know, was like I didn't even put on pants today, but I did tend to my sourdough. Also, so this is my real bone to pick is I made a sourdough loaf. It made it looked great. It didn't taste sour at all, and the computer does not let us see if these breads actually taste sour or not. I mean, I'm, I'm super happy everyone's baking. Do not get me wrong. I just had to have a rant where I was like, no more like split, split open interior shots. Like, I don't want to see your crumb anymore. Get it out of here. Uh, is there anything you have been making in quarantine? We should say that you're a baker. Oh, hi, I'm a baker. <laughs> um, is there anything you've been making in quarantine that you don't normally make? Also, would you consider posting a photo of like a loaf of Wonder Bread? <laughs> yeah, yes, I absolutely would. Um, I let's see. The real hit has been Fruit Crisp. Does not sound that exciting, but um, so okay. These are my thoughts about the baking, you know, craze or whatever that's going on, or like food in general. Um, do you know? Just take a risk. Don't worry so much about following everyone else's rules. This is, you're at home. Now's the time to do something that maybe you wouldn't normally do. If it turns out gross, you're still probably going to be grateful for it because you can't leave the house. So just go for it. Um, so yeah, I made an apple crisp. Doesn't sound that exciting. Turned out amazing. I made like another garbage crisp from the freezer. Turned out amazing. Um, a lot of soups. Um, you know, garbage and otherwise. What do, um, what do you mean by garbage? What does this mean? Like whatever you have laying around, you know, just like, mm, 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 mm. like mm. a last stone soup. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but 
you know, the big hits have been the classics. Like you think you're going to want to try something way weird, but like go to just, you know, go to your comfort zone, add a little twist to it and you're good to go. I want to tell you a couple things. One, I have a question. We have a lot of questions to answer, honestly, but I, um, I have made more pans of brownies in the past month than I have in the past like decade. I've made three or four batches of brownies. Delightful. At least one and a half of them I've thrown away because I was just over it. I somebody gave me a recipe. They were like, "This is a perfect recipe," and I don't know. I made it. You, I know that you're not a fan of people substituting gluten free flour and then being like, "Why didn't it work?" But I substituted a gluten free flour and it turned into something weird. Yeah. I don't like a cake like brownie. Listeners of the show understand that I don't like a cake like I'm not here for that. I enjoy cake. End of sentence. New sentence. I enjoy brownies. <laughs> and so I'm back to basics, Morgan, which is ye olden 1990s vegan boiled brownies, which is basically you make a brownie recipe and there's so much oil in it that it boils. And then that's what you're left with. Yeah. You know what? There's some classics in there. I say, yeah, hit it. The, the like nutritional yeast mac and cheese. Mm, that is a good one. But you as a baker, do you have any tips for we home vegan brownie makers who are stuck between a cake and a boiled place? You know, I sadly don't. I'm not really a fan of chocolate. I know this is controversial. Oh, I just got a huge eye roll from Nicole. Oh, I know. But you also, you hold a degree, you hold like a <laughs> master's degree in the chemical arts of baking. Um, I wish that I had more guidance for you, but it's just never been my passion. I'm so sorry. I'll research and get back to you. Thank you. My apologies. <laughs> Morgan, I want to yeah. tell you the things I'm hoarding. Oh, yeah. Please do. So I have been going to the grocery store. I've been in quarantine for over a month. I've been to the grocery store two times. Whoa. Two and a half times because one time I had to cruise through Lassen's to get some supplements. That was hellish um because i i've spoken about it on the podcast but it is just like fucking fire festival aspiring coachellans <laughs> that have no sense of care for the universe i don't know or like space or like just literally imagine me behind my mask being like move get out of the fucking world are you kidding anyway doing like copiera moves in the store to try and get people away from me by waving my legs around <laughs> but um so when i go to the store it's like supermarket sweep yeah you gotta it, throw it in and get the hell out it's like high stakes supermarket sweep the other day i spent total at the end of the day four or five hundred dollars on oh, well i had like a month's two months worth of dog food like oh. as much f- food as i could possibly get so i wouldn't have to go back to the store for a month so and I have a CSA, so I pick that up every week. No, no contact, no big deal. But okay, so I get uh, prunes, of course. A lot of, of tahini, almond oh. butter, peanut butter, vegan cheese, tons of vegan cheese. Whoa! Treat yourself. You're gonna want to treat night. You can't just get a functional food. You got to get a You're fun gonna food too. You got to get a fun food. I'm in. I'm in the functional zone, and it's bumming me out. Bag of tater tots. Oh, good call. Stuff for pizza, frozen spinach, in case I get in a pickle, nutritional yeast from Trader Joe's, 
um, extra olive oil, extra oat milk, lots of cre- like I got six creamers. I did. T- I I just was like, you know what? If all else fails, we're we're good. Yeah, I have so much coffee right now. I'd have probably like six bags of coffee in my back stock. Hell yeah. Um, I got some apples to make apple crisp. I got some bananas to make banana bread, specifically to let them like rot on my counter so I could turn them into banana bread. Wonderful. I got so much tofu. I got like six things of tofu. You want to know what I've been considering is, you remember that um, other sort of 90s recipe, which is you freeze the tofu, coat it in peanut butter, you make the quote ribs. What? You don't know this one? Oh, I know what you're talking about, but I never, I don't know if I ever did it. I mean, I know like when you freeze it, it turns into a sponge. Yeah, it's like a chewy, chewy, chewy sponge. And then you like bake it. You like do one round of baking and peanut butter. And then you like take it out and you cover it in barbecue sauce. And you do another round of baking. It's good. It's like really good. Well, I spend most of my time just like walking back and forth around the kitchen being like, yep, here I am in this corner again. Here I'm in that corner again. Here I'm in this corner again, cleaning up the dishes I just made. Let me dirty them again. I, okay, one day I think I made stock, soup, fresh bread. I mean, vegetable stock croutons from a different loaf of bread that I had made that had gone stale. I was like, oh my God, this homestead is jamming. I was like, oh, wow. Let me just put my bonnet on because this is really cranking. I want to get like an Airstream and just drive it to your driveway. Come on in. Great. Come on in. I'll move all the garbage out of the way. <laughs> if you find that your electrical bills have gone up inexplicably, look in the driveway. And Nicole is like taking a solar shower in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> You know, <laughs> thanks for the sneak peek. Um, well, I have also fallen into the, you know, the dried bean camp, which is amazing. Wonderful. Um, there's some really, there's a great giant bean recipe. I'm sorry to say this name on the air, but it is called a Royal Corona bean. Um, so <laughs> sorry for the timing, but they're huge. And it's like you cook it with, you know, tomatoes and white wine and onions and some herbs. Good goddess, it's delicious. But, you know, just like eat a bean with a salad or whatever. Are you freezing stuff? Are you Ugh. are you freezer hoarding? Yeah. That eye roll tells me yes. I Well, you know what? I'm rolling my eyes because I made my favorite um, curry brown butter lentil soup. Yes. And I froze it in. I have two containers of it in the freezer. And then I had one third left to eat. And I ate it like four meals in a row. And I was like, okay. Like, I'm, I'm cool. I'm done now. Yeah. That's the problem is like the repetition. Also, when you're making literally every meal from scratch, start to finish, I'm like, let me get these onions going. Like, <laughs> let me sprout this wheat or whatever. <laughs> it starts to really be like, oh, my God. Like, I don't care. Okay. You're catching me on a full circle. I'm going through the, like, stages of quarantine where I was, like, really stoked to cook everything. And I was like, this is so fun. <laughs> And um, then um, I was like, all right, okay, cool. You know, I don't need to cook every meal. And now I'm like, I don't, I, I just want to eat cinnamon rolls. That's it. And I haven't made any yet, but I might make some tonight, even though I just made fun, but I'm going to do it. I, I would eat all that stuff. Yeah. Um, let's get um, to some questions. though. I have some answers. I, I, I can't wait to share. Okay. Um, I have not made this, but somebody asked, any thoughts on the viral carrot bacon video? Well, Nicole, what do you think? I didn't watch the video. I ran out of time. I was going to try to make the carrots. I didn't do it. Ooh, 
this is like carrot dog revisited um mm, i liked carrot dog <laughs> my mom called it first for the record <laughs> you just put a dry carrot on the grill and it is incredible morgan it just i know it sounds ridiculous it's just good okay anyway she was right now now we're all eating carrots oh make carrot bacon uh-huh. you need to shave <gasps> Then you it like so, like I love that she calls this a shaver. I would call it the peeler. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, you got uh-huh. a few strips, but you know what? If you want more than this, do that, because that's your business. Yeah. You need some liquid smoke. Got it. Yeah. Maple syrup. Yes. Don't call it a comeback, honey. You've been here for years. Garlic powder. Oh, yes. Yes. And this your concoction for the carrots to turn it into the bacon. Then put the bacon in there and make sure it get thoroughly seasoned. She's just squishing the carrots around with a little breath. Put it in your air fryer or your oven. Air? 380 for five minutes. 380? Take it out and baby, you got some bacon in Let's check the crunch. Listen real good. Oh my God. That is an older person using TikTok in a way that I can really get behind. I... I think that looks delicious. I wish we were eating it right now. I want to hear that crunch. Oh, I'm so excited because now I keep getting carrots from my CSA and I'm going to be that lady being like, don't call it a comeback. Garlic powder has been here for years. It is, you know what? I will stand by that. It's really true. Also, please use your shaver to shave some slices. Morgan, <laughs> I, I think we're both giving this a thumbs up. I'm giving it a thumbs up. I don't have an air fryer. I feel way curious to try one one day probably don't want to own it because i hate owning too many gadgets but um i sure do want to shave a carrot swish it around on some sauce and eat it today's episode is brought to you by rachel fagan emily helmus mary pinson kaya wilson jill soloway shoshana ruth wechter and christy harrod if you would like to support sagittarian matters in particular, producer Chris Sutton, please send $5, $5 million via PayPal to hornetleg at gmail.com. Or, this just in, he's got a Venmo. Hell Books on Venmo. Thank you for your support, and we look forward to saying your name on the podcast. Producer Ponyo looks forward to it too. Don't be scared. That's just Ponyo's new speaking voice. Morgan. Oh my god, Nicole. Any thoughts about yum sauce? Love it. It's a classic. Same. Yeah. Any so- thoughts about bitchin' sauce? Also, I love it. I haven't eaten it enough to have an opinion. I think I ate it once and I felt like it was fine. Did I buy it again? I did not. You know what I love is um <gasps> culture. Oh, I would have to look it up, but it's like the um there's like a cu- new culture and you culture like the probiotic it's like a fermented dippy thing that's like so good there's one that's a spicy oh i think it's like supposed to be chipotle bacon in quotes or whatever and that is a good sauce i couldn't stop eating it one time and a former coworker was like are you okay you look really pink and sweaty and i was like no i'm really good it's just i can't stop eating this and it was like spicier than i had sort of budgeted for and i was like "Ooh, this is good wait speaking of spices can i share with you a trend i'm interjecting this is not a question it is a trend trend aside um chili oil 
that you could make at home or whatever. We've got nothing but time. Um, but like, so we made some chili oil at home with chilies that we got from the farmer's market and then forgot what kind they were. But you do like star anise, garlic, a bunch of other things that are really aromatic and you really like medium slow cook them for like a half hour and then you add the chilies. And um, so the chili oil we made is like scorching hot. It's a real jammer, but like all that like anise and garlic and everything. It's like the most flavorful chili oil I've ever had. And I highly suggest just finding a recipe that looks reasonable and making it on your own. Cause like you probably have most of the stuff you need, some dry spices, garlic, some spicy chilies. And it's like so much bang for your buck. Mm. What mm-hmm. style of food do you use that with? All. Yeah. Literally all. Maybe not pancakes, but like uh, pasta, soup, vegetables, tacos, like anything. It just tastes so good. I'm into that. Yeah. All right. We have a few rapid fire ones. Okay. Because I think some of these require more time than others. What's what's the deal with vital wheat gluten? Sounds like some wizardry. It's it's just we it's just like gluten. It's just like you get this stuff that's like flour and then you whip it up and it turns into a wad and then it destroys your stomach but it tastes like chicken. <laughs> I I am a gluten eater. I am not not anti. So no offense to those who are, but um yeah, actually I have some in my cabinet right now. I'm just going to try to make it as a fun long project but yeah it's just the protein and things one of which is wheat and so you kind of just get all the like starch and bran and all the other stuff out in your life with mostly just what is the protein but yeah it doesn't taste like a ton so you just add saisonings and jam on it all right what are some interesting baked potato toppings (laughs) i like kimchi on them but looking for more variety i just when's the last time you had a baked potato (laughs) I literally cannot even remember. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you personally are the person I would vote most likely to make a twice baked potato by scooping out the inside and whipping it with some stuff and then stuffing uh, it back into the potato. True? I a hundred percent and I'm so flattered that you know me this well. Mm. I mean, I would put that new culture sort of like cheesy, saucy stuff on it. Good God, that's good. Oh, yeah. Get experimental. I would go with, I mean, right now, the classic would be exotic to me. Like if somebody was like, here's a baked potato with vegan butter, sour cream, cheese, and chives, I'd be like, what? (laughs) Um, What about like, you know, I love like a theme. What if you did like a curry, like potato and peas (laughs) with like a coconut curry in there? Mm. Mmm. Or put some soy curls in there. Make it a meal. Yeah. It's basically a sandwich, but in a potato. So, like, go whatever you would do for sandwich. I mean, maybe not PB&J. Nicole might, but don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not above it. Um, How can I make vegan food prepping more affordable? I mean, it doesn't have – there's nothing about vegan food prepping that needs to be non-affordable. Yeah. Beans, vegetables, grains, and a sauce. You're in. Also, soup. Soup is like a jamming um, prep in advance option that is, I'm always like, I don't have anything in the fridge. That I'm never like that. But when I am like, I don't even have anything. I've got like one wilty celery, one carrot. I don't know. I've got some weird odds and ends in the pantry. And then you have like the biggest pot of soup you've ever had in your life. It, it just ends up more than you think it's going to be. And it's really flexible. And then you can just throw it in the freezer almost 
most soups I can think of freeze well. And, um, you know, I've even eaten soup for breakfast on the go. That's called BS in Lagusta's Land breakfast soup. Ooh, um, yeah, vegan food prepper, don't don't overcomplicate it. Keep it simple. A sweet potato, very inexpensive. Mm. A bean or tofu, also very inexpensive. I mean, I, I think that you should spend a little money on the front end on sauces or spices. And then your actual ingredients mm-hmm. don't need to be that expensive or laborious. I mean, what are the things that pack the most nutrition if you're looking for nutrition? I say a Brussels sprout. If I'm like making, doing food prep for like lunch at work or something, I would say like a lentil and a Brussels sprout give me the most bang for my like nutrition plus sticking to my ribs buck. And if you had those things with like some kind of gravy or yummy sauce on them, call it a day. I think that like sauces are the key to meal prep. I think we've even talked about this where also like if you're going to make like, let's say a big batch of pesto, um, make a parsley pesto. You don't need basil all the time. We're not millionaires. What the hell? Just do a parsley pesto and, you know, throw whatever nuts you have in there or whatever is cheap. Maybe a peanut might end up kind of weird, but like also use a seed. Seeds are really inexpensive and really, really nutrient dense and like delicious on everything. Um, it sounds weird, but a really jamming salad. If you get it, we all know I love romaine. If you get a head of romaine, um, you can get like several salads out of them and then just put a bunch of all the toppings, like many kinds of seeds. One carrot will make like multiple salads. You know, if you like shred it, um, you could like marinate it, do a pickled onion, or like also if you like make a soup and you have half an onion left, pickle it. Um, anytime you have like food that you think is left over or you're not going to use, you can do something with it. Like pickle it, freeze it, throw it in a soup or start. I used to make a stock bag where like I'd have the vegetable scraps from making a soup. I'll either throw them in a bag in the freezer or just make a stock while I'm sauteing the vegetables and then throw it all in. But um, yeah, or if you have like leftover polenta, um, just fry it up in cubes and then put some beans on top. And like, that's awesome with a side of greens or a salad or make polenta croutons, you know, cube them up, toast them or stir it into something else that you're making, like a batter of some kind. But yeah, I think that when it's kind of like uh, nice because when we're forced to like not leave the house or not to go out so much to just buy every single thing we want, like it does encourage uh, some resourcefulness and creativity. So somebody asked, what is the best vegan broth base for a good soup, homemade or bought? I don't feel that I have the capacity to make my own stock. I oh don't my God, care. I have so strong opinions about this. Please. Okay. So I truly believe that just vegetable stock. Okay. Okay. Let me back up. Oh God, I'm excited. Um, so it depends, I think, on what kind of soup you're making. Because I always used to really brown all the vegetables. And then like, I was like, this tastes too caramelizing. Like sometimes you just really want like a light, mellow, brothy soup. So, you know, take, take it with a grain of salt. Think about the end and then start at the beginning. Um, so um, I use powdered bouillon, um, which I love by Rapunzel. It's organic and they have cubes, but I really love it. It's so salty. The one in the little brown glass jar with the yellow lid. And for a minute I thought I couldn't get it. And then I was like, freaked out and now I can. But um your soups all do kind of taste like the same thing a little bit. But um imagine that you're like 
having Lipton's packet, you know, chicken noodle soup as a kid, it kind of tastes like that without the chicken or the noodles or anything else. So you're like, it's like comfort food. But um, so I really love it, but it is very salty. And um, I think that if you make broth from your own vegetables at home, it is good, but it's, it, uh, you know, you're going to, you're going to end up with not, you're not going to end up with like the hearty broth that you might be imagining. Mm. I want to make a pitch side note for if some, I don't know if people are as familiar with the Asian grocery store as I am, but curry paste. Oh yeah. Like if going to the Asian grocery, Asian market, whatever, I think every Asian market I've ever been in has this, like just like a big ass tub of curry paste. You, yeah. If you're vegan, look at the back because some of them have shrimp or something and some of them do not. But you can get a giant tub of that and it is the most delicious, potent curry scoop that you will ever have. And it, curry is so easy. Like people look at me like I'm a genius wizard when I make curry out of this. But honestly, it's just that I bought a can of coconut milk that wasn't light. Mm-hmm. If you ever buy, if you buy coconut milk that's light, you deserve to go to jail. I actually think everyone else should be let out of jail right now because of coronavirus. But you, like coconut person, some 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 place you need to go where you're not allowed to serve that to other people. At least it's just water. It's just, it's gummy water. It's gross. Gross makes me mad. So look, full fat coconut milk. So they might be called coconut cream. It might just be whatever that. Plus maybe like some onions, some curry paste. And then you just, maybe if you want to add a blob of peanut butter, that's all you have to do and then pour it on your stuff. Yeah, it's amazing. And I do think like you can make a good broth at home, but like if you're just thinking like, you know, I want to make a broth for my soup and I'm just going to, what do I have around? Like add a bunch of stuff. Also just add nutritional yeast. It gives things body and depth of flavor or anything that's fermenty. Um, just don't be afraid. Try something weird. You got a little sauerkraut, put a little spoonful of juice in there and see what happens. I don't know. I can't tell you. Maybe it's disgusting, but like, whatever. Or yeah, anything like, you know, obviously like miso or any of those kind of good fermenty umami. If you have dried mushrooms, and mwah. If you have mushroom stems, and mwah. The miso, miso paste also, if you go to the Asian market, Get your miso paste there when you're getting your curry paste. And then you have a lot of it that you can use for essentially the rest of your life. It lasts forever. And it's great. Um, What is the best barbecue marinade? Somebody wants to know. I have a question about this. For what? I don't know what they're talking about. I don't know. I mean, soy sauce is just like my go-to. Soy sauce, lemon juice, garlic. Soy, Soy sauce, maple syrup. Sure. Do it. I guess it depends on what you're serving. It does. You want, let's, okay, so a oh, hot tip about actual like barbecue sauce is like basically kind of the base is like sort of tomato paste, molasses, bunch of spices. But like, you know, you can kind of use that as a jumping off point. I don't know. I Correct. always, I buy my barbecue sauce and I'm a proud Kansas Cityan known oh. for their barbecue. <laughs> and so I respect it enough to know that I, it's not my jurisdiction. To make like it from scratch. Sourdough or the baguette. Like, leave it to the professionals. Yeah. Like, you, your family's been honing this for years. Wonderful. I'll take a yeah. look. <laughs> um, 
Dear Morgan, what is the best way to make vegan mushroom gravy? I have strong opinions about this. Oh, great. We, we, um, what do we start? Let's start with some onions. Sure. Or a roux. Yeah. Which is just when you have like flour, let's say some flour, some nutritional yeast. Yeah. Put some water in there. Whisk it. It's getting oh, yeah. thick. Oh, no, it's getting too thick. Add some more water or milk. Mm-hmm. It's oh, okay. It's thinned out. Oh, no, it's getting thick again. Just keep doing that <laughs> for a long time <laughs> until you have a... We're like, oh, need more flour. Oh, uh, hold on. <laughs> it's good if you toast the flour a little bit or cook it before you add the liquid to get rid of the sort of dusty pantry flavor. Yes. And then you but- can add garlic powder, onion powder, rosemary, soy sauce, mm-hmm. more nutritional yeast, pepper. Yeah. Pepper makes gravy taste like gravy. Pepper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a bunch of mushrooms. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. When do you add the mushrooms? Uh, I think I add most of the stuff at the beginning and then just liquid and then cook it down. We have a troubleshooting question. What? I've noticed, dear Morgan, I've noticed that my baking is taking longer <laughs> recently. And my guess is that it's because I'm using egg replacer. Bob's. Does egg replacer affect bake time or do I just have a broken oven? I've tried Googling, but couldn't find the answer anywhere. My guess is broken oven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, I mean, if you are overloading the oven, if you're like, you know what? I've got a recipe for three dozen cookies. I'll just put them all in at once. That will make things take longer. Um, yeah. So, like, sort of any thing you're putting in there, it's like sucking out all the heat, or sometimes there's cold spots, or if you're cooking baking something that is from the fridge or from frozen that'll take longer i don't think egg replacer would really affect the bake time it has not in my experience but there are other factors that might yeah and if you have a hunch that your oven might be broken your oven might be broken dear morgan (laughs) i made way too much barley do you have any leftover barley recipes (laughs) yum soup make a muffin make a barley muffin what do you mean throw some cooked grain in your dang muffins i don't know (laughs) that sounds so gross to me why were you making barley in the first place i'm putting you in with the people that buy the light coconut milk (laughs) barley is delicious prunator oh my god it's really good also you can like um if you um saute a bunch of onions throw the barley in there with mushrooms and peas mm, it's so good it's just like a grain like any other guys put it on your salad try that and it's great in soups could you make like um a patty out of it like a ye like pretend like you're like a 70s like lesbian (laughs) living on a commune Yeah. Okay. I have just recently eaten a burger from the store that fell into this category. Carla Lee's nut burger is what it's called. And you know, Carla Lee's got some sun-kissed hair and a hat that doesn't fit her face. Um, It tasted exactly like that. You take it out and you're like, oh, I've seen this burger before. I've seen you 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago. And it's like, if you're eating it on a bun, it's like way too big for the bun. So it's like, it's like kind of soggy too. So like 
half falls off when you take a bite. And you're like, oh God, you're propping it up with the lettuce and the pickles are over sogging. But anyway, it tastes exactly like you remember. And there's probably barley in it. <laughs> it's Carla Lee like, I bet you can't guess it's vegetarian. <laughs> You'll never know. You just give them a portobello mushroom and you put it on a bun and they'll never, on a crusty roll. I hate a burger on a crusty roll. It hurts the teeth and you can't get through the burger. It squishes it out the side. Mm. If you have an advice question for Sagittarian Matters, call or text our advice hotline, 971-361-9998. Leave a message. We might answer your question on the air, and we promise not to answer the phone. That is a Sagittarian promise that you can take all the way to the bank. Dear Nicole and Morgan. Yeah. Diet pizzas have a new look and apparently an improved recipe. Is it actually true? I don't know. I haven't been able to actually find them yet. They've been in short supply because the people in my neighborhood have eaten all the frozen pizzas because none of them know how to cook. Curse them. I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of their frozen pizzas, so I don't really have a before and after to compare. My apologies. Happy to try and get back to you. <laughs> uh, Beth Ditto wants to know, how much oh. nu- how much nutritional yeast have you had delivered? God, never enough. Am I right? None. I, in my supermarket sweep at Trader Joe's, I just grabbed as many bags as I could. It's, a, it's so good. You know, for people to think it's like a 90s flavor or even a 2000s flavor, they can just... You know, they can just eat, F right off. Eat a dick. Yeah, yeah. Nutritionally is dipped. They're so, it's so good. Put it on a crouton, put it on all your salads, make that little like, you know, vegan Parmesan with the cashews, sprinkle it on every dang thing. It's, you're never going to be sad you added it to your food. I've never regretted it. No. Well, and you know, somebody asked that question about um, vital weak gluten and how it sounds like science. I guess that... When you're vegan for a long time, you learn that some things that don't have an appetizing name that have kind of like a weird technical name assigned to them in the 70s provide a lot of joy. And nutritional yeast, when you first hear about it, is mm-hmm. one of those things. When you're a vegan, you know it, you know, you know it as a source of B12, as like a nutty, cheesy thickener and supplement. It's like fish food for you, an adult. <laughs> some flakes. You my friend. <laughs> That would be nice if you were into like fish role play and somebody could be like, okay, I'm coming up to your tank. <laughs> I love, it looks the exact same. That would be a terrible prank. You could be in the bathtub and then your partner could come sprinkle nutritional yeast on the top of the water and then you kind of eat it. <laughs> Only George's into fish play. I, I tap out on this one. I'm not into, I'm not into. <laughs> when I come quarantine with you, you're going to have to feed me every once in a while. So you got to figure I'll it get, out. I'll get the pool filled up. The kiddie pool. <laughs> um, what wonders have you tried making with aquafaba? Um, I have not used it in a while, but um, for fun, a couple of years ago, I think two years ago, we made a Bouche de Noel, the Christmas log, everyone's favorite log cake. Um, it looks like an actual log. And the little mushrooms to go around to decorate it um, were made with aquafaba. And it, they turned out really well, and they're crispy and good. And then we dusted them with matcha powder and cocoa. It was a great. It looked good. That's really uh, cute. It was um, pumpkin spice cake with a vegan cream cheese filling chocolate ganache on the outside and then um uh aquafaba mushrooms and then marzipan cat 
kids just from scratch. I know they were really cute, though. Oh, my God. Morgan, my question for you before we freestyle and whatever is I have too many turnips. I understand that roasting exists. That's not where I'm at right now. I want to know what would you do with them and or can you think of an easy way to pickle them? Oh, sure. Quick pickle. Just do like vinegar, salt, a little bit of sugar, some water because you do have to like it's almost like you're creating like a brine, you know, but I'm sure quick pickle them. How much vinegar? If I just have like a like a mason jar that's I'm usually using as a drinking jar. Now, all of a sudden I'm giving it to a turnip. (laughs) That's generous of you. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know offhand. I can't remember if it's like, you know. A cup of vinegar, half a cup of water, you know, some salt, like a tablespoon of salt and a tablespoon of sugar or something. I can't remember, but it's like nothing too mage. And then throw some spices in there or whatever. And then, yeah, leave them. I think that's a great idea because I actually don't love a roasted turnip. You could do a combo of a potato mash with some turnips in there. That could be my baked potato. Your baked potato topping. <laughs> well, because I'm, I'm going from a CSA. So I have potatoes that are like this big, the size of a yeah. golf ball. I have like two potatoes the size of a golf ball and then like six turnips. Are they big turnips or little ones? Like I, I'm showing Morgan the size of like a tangerine-ish. Yeah, that's a reasonable size turnip. Um, they're good. Also, just like thinly sliced, you know, eaten on a salad or something. I think that the turnips have a real strong flavor. And so sometimes intensifying it by roasting is a little more than I love. But I do think just raw is good. Also, if the greens are attached, they're delicious. Just saute them and... I already ate that shit. Oh, so sad. First so thing sad. I did was eat the turnip greens. Good call. Good call, Nicole. Um, what if I fried them like potato chips? Give it a go. Give it a dang go. Oh. Make a... Make a weird shepherd's pie or make a weird pot pie. Throw them in there. Oh, now now that is a good idea. Morgan, I, yeah, I want you to know, I just want everyone to know it's really important when you do your supermarket sweep for your quarantine, give yourself more fun foods than you think you need. So like in real life, do I buy a bag of potato chips for the house for just me? I do not. This time, giant bag salt and pepper potato chips, bag of Hava chips, salsa, um, mm. lots of just like jars of spaghetti sauce yes. for a quick thing, um, lots of bags of popcorn, like kettle corn, lots of that freeze-dried kind of astronaut-tasting fruit from Trader Joe's, like Ooh, yeah. more bags than you think you need. And as one person, when I say I'm doing supermarket soup, I mean I'm getting three of something, not that I'm like taking down the whole shelf and depriving the community of their nutritional yeast. But um, just get significantly more fun foods, like a box of cereal, a box of Oreos, like something that you normally wouldn't get that you know when you're like bummed, you're going to be stoked. Mm-hmm. You're like, ah, today stinks, but don't worry. I've got chips. Don't worry, I got all these really fun chips. Well, so then when I have like soup for dinner and i'm like i've eaten the same soup for three years i'm like i'm gonna go eat some chips yeah (laughs) more cabbage water soup again (laughs) yeah um what about like like making a kind of a curry oil or something and trying that with the turnips good or gross what say you curry oil i don't know why not drizzle them with a little curry oil and put some fresh 
curb. I I kind of am into this idea of treating them like a fun potato. Fun potato, Nicole's new band. <laughs> so maybe having them in the curry or frying them in some way so they're adding crunch so they feel like they've earned their place there as like a vessel for salt. Yeah. yeah. Everything is leading back to a potato chip for me right now, apparently. Someone's loving the chips. Morgan, do you have any final food thoughts, quarantine snacks? or anything um i can't say enough about the crisp i'll just i'll just throw the rough it's not a recipe yeah yeah give me the okay. recipe give me your, your your rough recipe the topping um is um three quarters of a cup of oats three quarters of a cup of flour half a cup of butter of your choice half a cup of sugar which you could even tone down pinch of salt um flour butter oats Half a cup of nuts if you want, but like I just have been hoarding them because they feel precious. And um, you just crunch it all up between your hands, mush, mush, mush. It'll look not cute, but that's fine. And then I literally take the baking pan, whatever I have, it's like a glass dish, and I just chop out fruit until it's full. I'm like, I don't know. It's like an eight by eight pan. I don't measure. This time it was six apples, but I was like, I don't know. I just used as many as I had until it was full. And then toss them with sugar to taste, lemon juice and lemon zest to taste. And then for that size pan, about two tablespoons of cornstarch or flour, toss it all around, put it in there, put all the topping on 400 degrees for like half hour, 40 minutes, depending on what fruit you're using. Do you cover it at any time? No, not, not at any time. The key is if you're doing fruit with any kind of like starchy thing to thicken it, um, wait until you see the fruit bubbling because um, that means that it has come to a boil and the thickener has achieved its full thickening potential and it won't taste starchy and it won't be goopy and runny. Um, like it's as good as it gets then. So if you see the fruit boiling, uh, bubbling, then that's good. It means it's done in the middle and if the topping is not brown, you could broil it for like 30 seconds, but no more. It's just like tastes so good, you know? I don't know. It's It's like a little ray of sunshine in the middle of this, you know, huge worldwide grief pile that we're all slogging through. I have some frozen blueberries. Hell yeah. I'm curious about, do I need to pair those with somebody in order to make them into a crisp? You don't have to, but you have enough of them. I have one and a half. This is part of my month-long ration. Um, But I also, I bought a bag of apples, and then I have a fruit fly community that I'm sharing space with right now. (laughs) And they were very into the apples, and so I was like, you know what? Freak, fuck you! And I cut up the apples and froze them. Put them in. See what happens. Apple blueberry is going to be great. If you have some fresh ginger or candied ginger. I do. You know, also just like lemon zest is so good. Don't never underestimate a fruit zest. A zest is worthwhile and it's not as hard as it seems. It's just getting your scraper, whatever it's called, your grater. Your and using the teeny tiniest part of the grater yeah. and just grating the top colorful layer off of your lemon, your orange, your whatever. And that's it. That's all it is. It's so good. You're going to throw it out anyway. You may as well put it to good use. It's where all the like good, like volatile oils are. Thank you for all of your tips today. Uh, It is my pleasure. Thank you for all of your tips today. Don't forget to tip your server. (sighs) We'll never see a server again. 
no, I really want to see servers. I'm just going to say this out loud since we're doing this together, which is I just really miss people in the world. And I'm so looking forward to everyone getting to do all the hugging they desire or not hugging that they don't desire. And just like that feeling of gratitude of getting to be um, a, a person in a community of people in the world. I just really miss that. I cannot, I cannot wait, my friend. I do want to say on the bright side. Yeah. I had that fundraiser. Yes. Listeners, it's so easy Choose an organization that helps out whoever you want to help out. I chose homeless people in Los Angeles because a lot of food banks, a lot of places are either like there's less food coming to them because restaurants have closed down or it's harder because there are fewer volunteers and there's more people that are hungry right now because everyone lost their goddamn jobs. So I chose homeless Angelinos. Those organizations need a lot of food right now. And I called one and I was like, hey. I want to do this thing. Does that sound good with you? Do you consent to that? Yes. How many people? A hundred. Okay. What are their food needs? Soft foods, non-spicy foods and you know, when and whatever. And then I contacted the restaurant and I was like, how much for a hundred meals restaurant, mm-hmm. restaurant that is struggling um, mm-hmm. and that needs to keep paying their workers and their insurance and whatever. I was like, how much for a hundred meals? Okay, great. And then I factored in a tip of like, you know, so it was like, not you know so i figured i have like another hundred dollars for a tip and i was like okay that's my goal i made a thermometer i posted it online people donated enough money that i almost doubled the thermometer that is awesome i'm a little bit short i'm covering it myself at the moment but people are giving like last minute donations basically i was like i just i want it to be doubled it's almost doubled i'm gonna say it's totally doubled and so now we fed 100 people last weekend we're gonna feed 100 people this weekend that is Awesome. Yeah. And I just want people to know, like, it's easy to do. Like, I keep talking about it not to be like, give me an award. But I'm talking about it to be like, it's it's easy. It wasn't that hard. You don't need to have a huge social media following. You just need to have friends and family, which you already have, or work, coworkers. And it doesn't need to be 100 people. It could be 15 people. And those 15 mm-hmm. people will be fucking stoked. And the restaurant was stoked and the restaurants like workers when they got their tip money and whatever were stoked. And it just was like good for everyone. All the food got five stars from all the people it was served to. And I felt so happy. That is so awesome. That makes me very happy. (sighs) That's Uh. that's how I'm like outrunning the dread. That's like biting at my heels. (laughs) Good. I know. (sighs) Gotta love you. So yeah, listeners, if you do it in your neighborhood and you share it with me or the Sagittarius Matters webpage, we'll be happy to share it around, just so you know. That is wonderful. I really love that. Yeah. Um, Morgan, thank you for coming on the podcast. Cannot wait for you to dig your chin into my shoulder again. I can't wait. I really miss your shoulder. My chin feels lonely without it. Also, year of of soup. Oh, also, I just want to say one thing, which is we did call the year of the bean who knew it would be because of a you know global pandemic, but the year of the bean has truly come to pass. I can't wait to call the next er- erroneous food trend for no reason. But um, yeah, make soup. Just make soup. You'll be surprised how much you get. Freeze it. Share it with a friend. Also, any food that you hoard that we're not all using at the end, like let's all just donate all the food and toilet paper. If you have, you know, um, like hygiene supplies or whatever, that's also in super short supply. But even even a little goes a long way. Sagittarian Matters is produced by Chris Sutton with assistance by Panyo Georges. 
Our theme music is composed by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs of the band Bouquet. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time.